Hello, one and all, and welcome to another episode of Train Station at 8, a video game music podcast. I'm your host, or pretend conductor, today. <laughs> That's a new one. And, and Brian's here. Hello. Um, and he's the guy who uh, who sits around in the back and shovels coal into the train engine. I'm also your brother, but yeah. You're, yeah, you're also my brother. <laughs> um, we've got something exciting going on this week, uh, because not only are we back after a, an unplanned break, but we have two guests on the show. Oh my god. One being Stephen Reich, who you might have uh, heard before in one of our past episodes. Hello, Stephen. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back. Glad you're back. But he also invited along a friend whom we're very happy to have as well, Makoto. Hi. I don't know if that's how you really pronounce her name, but I'm trying my best. No, no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome to the show for the first time. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> very happy to have you as well. And so... Um, Steven actually sent me an email recently, kind of pitched me with a bit of an idea, um, for a show topic this time. And of course, it's about Pokemon, which is his area of expertise, and that's also kind of why we have Makoto on as well. So, that should be interesting to see where that leads. But for now, we're going to start by talking about what music we've been listening to recently. It can be Pokemon or otherwise, so we don't have to get ourselves in a box just yet. Now I'm going to call upon Steven, and while, well, the non-me Steven, and while we're there, Steven, how about you remind our our um, delightful audience of uh, kind of where you come from from the internet and what it is you do? Yeah, so in my uh, spare time, I have a day job, but in my spare time, I spend uh, a lot of time doing, um, I have an internet radio station, we play pretty much all Pokemon music, we make exceptions for stuff like Smash Brothers and uh, a handful of other things, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's PIRN, Pokemon Internet Radio Network, uh, 24-7 uh, streaming, although that's in the sense that it's an online radio station, not actually an on-demand broadcast, uh, or, Yes, because uh, the people are using that term. Uh, but that's, that's what I do. Uh, I try to add new music every week. I can't always find something. Um, but, uh, you know, we have so stuff I, from the games, stuff from the TV show, stuff from Japan, stuff from Italy, a little bit of, uh, German and, uh, uh, Spanish in there. And, uh, it, it's a really, uh, just a big selection. I like to find remixes and all sorts of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, it's sort of me exploring it. I, I do a lot of my research on YouTube to, to find, uh, independent people who, uh, do covers and stuff. But that's sort of, uh, the thing I do. I also do a lot of interviews. Um, just recently I did an interview with my mom, actually. We went to see one of the Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions concerts, uh, yeah. that was in Milwaukee, uh, about a week and a half ago at this point. And, uh, my mom's an orchestra teacher. So, uh, it was nice to get her. She does have some video game experience as far as like, like she has a 3DS, she had a DS, she had a Game Boy Advance, she played video games, uh, when I was growing up, uh, you know, so she does have some, some gamer skills in there. Um, that's quite cool. Yes. Yeah. I did get that comment on the interview that people thought my mom was pretty cool. So (laughs) that, that's, that's a pretty neat thing to hear. And I'm glad I was able to get her on something. She had some interesting thoughts on the, uh, on the symphonic evolution, since she is an orchestra teacher, she had uh, some interesting perspectives. Um, so that's what's going on there. As far as music I've been listening to, well, today was the, we're recording this on the day that Apple Music launched. Uh, speaking of streaming services, you know, I wanted to check out the competition. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to see what they had for Pokemon music. It's mostly stuff from iTunes. They, they have a lot of the anime soundtracks that are, that you would recognize from like the online music stores, but they don't have any of the game soundtracks that have been published in the last year and a half or so. Um, I'm guessing that since those were like self-published by Pokemon or Game Freak or whatever, those weren't covered in whatever licensing stuff they've, they've done so far. So we'll see what happens there. I would like to see, even though it is technically competition, I would like to see those things to be more available there through more avenues. Um, so that's with that. Um, so today I did check out though, uh, Apple Music and listen to, Let's see. I'm a big fan of NXS, so I listen to some of their stuff that I haven't uh, had a chance to to pick up yet. Um, okay. And then actually to prep for this, so I would broaden my things a little bit beyond Pokemon. I I looked up a bunch of songs from The Wizard, which is mostly available digitally. Um, oh, yeah. Just so we can maybe talk about that a little bit too. Uh, one of my, my, you know, my I've never I've never seen The Wizard, and I've never listened to any of the music. 
So well, the, have... the music there wasn't really anything written specifically for, it, as far as I know, other than the the score, which is you know never been released anywhere. But most of the vocal songs there are just uh, Universal's uh, music acts like New Kids on the Block or the Bodines, you know, people from that era that were popular. Yeah. Um, which is one reason why it's very easy to find those songs on iTunes as long as you know the titles. Uh, all but one of the songs, the end credits songs, are available digitally for that one. So that's a, a lot easier. Uh, to, to find that kind of thing there. But, uh, so, uh, The Wizard, I should point out, is actually my favorite movie of all time, in spite of its, <laughs> its commercial, uh, bend. Uh, I still do love watching it. I watched it a couple weeks ago, right after the Nintendo World Championships. Um, oh, yeah. So that seemed like a, a good time to Did- watch it. I actually didn't keep up with the championships. Did they try to pull any wizard references at any Oh, point the commentators made that? a few. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. It's I was hoping actually Howard they could was? get like Luke Edwards and, and the guy who played Lucas, Jackie Vinson, or however his name is pronounced, to, to do like yeah. a celebrity thing. Uh, that would have been the parallel to the Smash Bros. celebrity match they did last year. I would kind of hope they had done something like that, but unfortunately that wasn't in there. But... Uh, Maybe next year. <laughs> I was really hoping that at the end they would reveal some new Mario game and have the the players. Well, they, they, they <laughs> I suppose if they hadn't revealed Mario Maker already, it would have come out yeah. there. That would have been crazy if it had actually been a total yeah, secret. Like but yeah, like show them playing a new level and then it pulls oh. out and they're like, "You can make your own." <laughs> that would yeah. be pretty good <laughs> and confusing. <laughs> I see why they didn't do that. But well, yeah, the the games, the levels they had were pretty confusing on their own. So yeah. Yeah. One thing I've been mean to listen to, actually, I wanted to mention is that, um, you know, within the last week or so, we found out that James Horner died um, in some sort of accident or something, I believe it was. And uh, he's responsible for one of my four favorite movie scores. In case you didn't know, my four favorite movie scores of all time are, for whatever reason, the first two uh, dub scores for the Pokemon movies and then the first two Star Trek movies. And, of course, he composed a score for Wrath of Khan. I keep meaning to, to take a listen to that. Maybe I'll... I, I do have it uh, on my computer and stuff uh, for the first couple Star Trek movies. I keep meaning to, to listen to that, but uh, it's very sad that he's been... He's done many great scores and, and one of my favorites, so it's kind of sad that he's passed away. Oh, yes. I agree. Sure. Yeah, I that... One other thing I listened to, Stephen. Oh, okay. Um, Interject. By all means, Brian. Uh, which was actually the... It was a podcast episode that plays music on it, which was the Super Mercado Brothers recently had a ah, episode come out. I um, listened to that, too. And this time it was a listener show-and-tell episode, and typically they put together their own um, playlist based on whatever theme they want, but this is where they take community-based submissions. And as they repeatedly pointed out for good reason on their show, they had amazing picks from their listeners. Uh, absolutely. Yes. I heard that episode as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. There's just so many, like, beautiful ballads on it, and I, I absolutely loved pretty much every piece they played. So yeah. it got just, me really excited just to keep broadening my horizons and keep trying new stuff, because most of it wasn't stuff I'd heard before. Right. Um, it was, that was the same thing. And every once in a while, I would hear something familiar, and it would give yeah. me a nice warm feeling inside. And then, like, I do need to go back and listen to all the Sonic Advance soundtracks again. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so highly recommend that. That was super enjoyable. That's so. cool. That's great. Um, okay, so that rounds out your listening habits, Brian. Uh, and Steven, is that it? pretty much it for you? More or less. My, my music listing tends to be pretty scattershot. It's whatever I can find. I did find uh, yeah. just recently um, an acoustic cover of the Pokemon theme that is partially in Arabic and partially in English. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, one thing I do on my Twitter feed that I've started doing and I plan on continuing doing is whenever I find... Uh, g- good Pokemon music on YouTube or iTunes or something. I always try to tweet it out to let people know about it so they can check it out. 
Has there been a Rand Paul parody of the, um, or not parody, but version of the theme? Because I know there was a Ron Paul one before. Do you think we're going to be getting another one? I, election <laughs> season. You know, if if you, I, I honestly would have gotten those two names confused. So, <laughs> man, Brian, uh, I thought Stephen pulled out all the deep cut Pokemon references. <laughs> Look up the Ron Paul version of the Pokemon theme. It's it's surreal. It is. Singer, so. It's surreal and yet real. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reality we live in. Okay, so moving on then to Makoto. I'll, I'll ask you what you've been listening to, but first, maybe you could give us an introduction as to what you do in the world of Pokemon and the internet. Right. Um, so on the internet, I run uh, the podcast PCAPI Podcast, um, and we go through the Pokemon anime. We started with episode one, and right now we're somewhere mid-Johto. And I just kind of give a review or a narrative, I guess, of the episodes and try to point out all the humorous moments and sometimes get really nerdy about character development. <laughs> <laughs> Go on rants about about how important Gary is to the series. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that idea of taking the time to go episode by episode and just remembering, especially when the episodes are really old, yeah, like remembering these past times. And, and especially for a lot of fans who started watching maybe when it you know, first started airing in the 90s and then kind of mm-hmm. fell off in the middle of Johto where the series kind of lost its footing for a while, kind of became a dark period mm-hmm. before it came back with Hoenn. I, I think it's, you can see a lot of really interesting things about the series and the storytelling and the state of the behind the scenes at the Pokemon That's company. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. And and is I mean it's still running? I'm ignorant. It is oh, still yeah. running. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, there is an XY anime. And actually, speaking of iTunes, uh as of last summer, oh just it's been about a year, they started putting the new episodes uh the day after or whatever. They're available for purchase on iTunes in most uh, Western territories. Um, so even if you don't have, like, if you're an American and you don't have cable, because the show is on Cartoon Network, you can, uh, subscribe to and, you know, rent or buy, uh, the, I think, I'm not sure if you can rent, but you can definitely buy the episodes as they come out, so. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, know, it's kind of a scattershot as to where the different series are. Like, for example, the first two seasons are available on Netflix instant streaming, uh, season, as as are the um, black and white seasons are also on Netflix. Uh, the sort of the 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 Sino seasons are on Hulu, um, and then like the the Hoenn seasons are on iTunes and Amazon Instant Video. Oh wow! That Johto is, so is not currently anywhere for digital purchase, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, with not, that. it's nowhere legal. <laughs> <laughs> you can find it. Yeah, yeah. Really even the DVDs will bit. probably cost you a fair bit because they haven't been printed in a while. Although okay. other countries have different situations, I think Australia has been putting out sets fairly consistently, so it might be easier if you live down there. Yeah, true. You can probably on eBay find some good sets for a cheap price, but yeah, it's not airing anywhere. It's not on <laughs> streaming service. Yeah, that's you know I have had a similar problem, and I often compare. Like Steven, your um your knowledge base about all the obscure Pokemon songs is kind of similar to my knowledge about the Sonic songs. And I have been trying to watch the uh Sonic cartoon or animated show that came out recently. Oh Sonic, Sonic Boom. Boom. I was thinking you're talking about the ones from the nineties or oh Sonic Boom, okay. No, Sonic Boom, yes. The the modern ones, the CGI affair. It's actually quite good, but there's really no way to watch the episodes as they come out legally. Um, and, uh, that's frustrating me because I really like the show and I, I'm not going to, I don't have a way to watch it on TV. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm patiently waiting for them to get something done. So yeah, I feel you there. I mean, I still have cable even though I barely watch it, but, um, mm-hmm. that's kind of part of the reason why. So that's true. Um, oh, well, okay. So going back to the podcast, you're working <laughs> your way through, through the anime. How long have you been doing it though? I'm kind of curious. Oh gosh. Um, we hit the four year mark, I think April. Oh, wow. Okay. So you have been at this for a while. That's crazy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's some commitment going on here. That's, that's very cool. <laughs> Um, I, I like tuned into a couple of random episodes. Had no idea what was going on plot wise because I stopped in the first season when I was like ten. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. But it seems like a really cool show. But 
Um, yeah. There's been a bit of a dry spell with Johto because it is oh, yeah. all filler. Sorry, filler. So it's kind of yeah. sometimes hard with these more recent episodes that I'm doing to find something to connect to people, something yeah. different. Okay, so so pop quiz. Um, who is everyone's favorite character from the anime? Oh, I know mine. No, like a well, <laughs> I guess you can't just like say a Charizard. Like find a specific character. Like Pikachu is a character. Are we talking about Pokemon or human characters? Can we name one of each? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think. You know what? I'm going to say Ash's Charizard, because every time he comes up in a podcast episode, the listeners freak out. Every time he crops up in the show, people freak yeah. out. And when he came back for Best Wishes, like, the fandom, everyone over 20 in the fandom kind of lost <laughs> their minds. Um, so I would, yeah, say Ash's Charizard for the Pokemon characters. For the humans... I think it kind of depends on your age, I think, yeah. and how you relate to Pokemon. I think the people who watched as kids but don't watch as adults, uh-huh. I think I think Gary is probably their favorite. Oh, interesting. Um, I think for the people who either are younger and came into the series later or um, continued watching through their adult life, I think Silent or Iris might actually inch ahead. Yeah, this is making a lot of sense because I'm like, I know Gary. Yep, I know that guy. And suddenly it blinks. And, I don't know and what in we're the first couple now. seasons, Gary had the most interesting and dynamic character arc, if slow burn it was. But okay. yeah, so I think it depends a little on how you relate to Pokemon. But yeah, definitely. Some, um, for some people, Ash is the fan favorite, though. But like me. But yeah, of course. You of have course. to have a certain like joy and naivete and willingness to accept. <laughs> horrible <laughs> horrible writing sometimes to love yeah, ash <laughs> well i mean that goes to that goes without saying for a lot of anime right you it's so to, true yeah. yeah the main character has to be the straight man to everybody so sometimes i have i have a history of hating anime and japanese rpg protagonists yes that. that's true and we have <laughs> some friends on the whales or whales network who are greatly incensed by that i know but yeah but totally i can, think it can it definitely takes a suspension of disbelief in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, they're written in such a way that you don't immediately identify with them. It's usually the side characters yeah. who play off of them. That uh huh, yeah, totally. Yeah, super yeah. true. I th- I think that my favorite character is actually Brock. <gasps> Ooh, good choice. Oh, yeah. I don't know why that guy is just likable. He's always closing his eyes for some reason. <laughs> I just, well, he has an amazing song in the Pokemon Christmas album about missing home. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah him so, and Misty. Yeah. yeah. It gets you misty-eyed, even. Oh, oh. <laughs> and as for my perfect Pokemon, I'm going to cop out and say Pikachu. He's awesome. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for my boring answer. No, it's and not boring for, at all. Pikachu's pretty great. For me, I think uh, Psyduck for the Pokemon. I, ha- I have to agree there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> No, Psyduck definitely has a following. Like, if you look at the World Championship cards uh, that they give out to the people who could participate in the Pokemon World Championships, there's usually a Psyduck stuck in there somewhere, doing <laughs> something yeah. strange or funny or whatever. Yeah, so for human characters, I'm like you, Steven, and then I only remember the very few yeah. beginning characters, but it's Professor Oak. Oh my goodness, what a Ooh. good choice. I like him. Yeah, I just like him because of Pokemon Snap. Like, <laughs> Great job! Those are some great pictures! Yeah, so there we go. Cool. Those are my picks. I like it. Nice, uh, nice. Well, as far as uh, people for me, I, I'm going to get hate mail for this, but I actually like Tracy. Um, oh, I I'm, I, maybe I'm just a sucker for anyone who's a uh, uh, an artist, um, and that's mm-hmm. I, I definitely like him more than what I think Brock kind of really trailed off in terms of character development and, and how much I interest I had in his character after Johto. I, I always kind of felt like he stayed for at least one region too long on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I I think just points to Tracy for being an artist named Tracy. Sketch it. <laughs> It's Tracy sketchy. <laughs> I know. It, it's like the one main character that is in no way based on a game character, because every other yeah. tra- main oh, yeah. traveling companion on on Ash's side is has been based on a game sprite or character or something. You're right. 
I kind of yeah. feel like they were making kind of a big deal out of that at the time. Like, look, it's a brand new character to go on the adventures. and Yeah, you can look well, at the history. it was the time that, yeah, Pokemon was sort of transitioning into the American market as well. So mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff with Tracy's origin that, you know, it was a big deal. Yeah, I remember having like a... That's like right when we stopped. Yeah, some kind of Pokemon <laughs> handbook or something that yeah. was introducing Tracy as a new character. And I hadn't even seen him in the anime. And I'm like, well, that's cool. This guy seems pretty rad. And then just never went back. I remember how like went back. it was exciting. It was like Togepi, an actual new Pokemon. Yeah. And now there are how many hundreds of new Pokemon since the originals? Yeah, it's uh, been going for a while. Yeah, but Tracy, uh, I, I kind of wished he had been, instead of the, the guy they had, uh, the, the mascot for the Pokemon Art Academy game. Um, oh yeah, oh. I like that idea. That would have been smart. That's pretty How could cool. They have not- but I, I think I've heard that he's actually locked in Nintendo's basement, drawing uh, uh, pictures for Meverse twenty hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> that's that explains so much. <laughs> that's really like that's where all those good drawings come from. I knew people couldn't be that talented. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow. so, okay, so Stephen, am I forgetting, or did you say what your favorite Pokemon is? Oh, Psyduck. The okay. best comic relief Pokemon ever. They've never matched it. It's yeah. true. All right. I like it. Um, so then, Makoto, what have you been listening to recently? <laughs> to um, get back on point. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to come back to my thought. Um, I've been listening to the the soundtrack for The World Ends With You. Uh, somebody on YouTube compiled um, that, uh, that game's OST and all the other side releases into like four or five hours. Oh, wow. Um, and I was just been listening to all of it and it just, you know, brings back all the all the emotional memories of that game. I want to play that game so much. The soundtrack sounds really rad. It is. The soundtrack's great and the game itself is in my opinion, probably the best DS game ever made. <laughs> And like that's blasphemous. I run a Pokemon podcast, but like <laughs> it's really good, guys. <laughs> I mean, I like Pokemon, but the DS is a fantastic little system. It has a yeah, huge so library much. of great games, so yeah. that is saying a lot. It's hard to even say where to begin at the best game. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a broad library, but that one is one that I missed that I'd love to go back to. Mm-hmm. You only find it hard to know where to begin because you haven't played it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> For me, this is an easy choice. <laughs> no, Logic strikes. Fair point. That's cool. Fair point. So, it, have you ever, uh, are you familiar with the Jet Set Radio soundtracks very much? Jet Set Radio? No, I'm not. Okay. I've, that's kind of my point of reference. It kind of seems like those two games would have a similar style. It's very yeah, well, kind of radio is basically Splatoon. urban. Yeah, it's much much like Splatoon. It's a very kind of urban, mm. um, hip-hop-y kind of soundtrack. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd be I'd be curious to compare them. Yeah, no, if you're familiar at all with like Shibiake or even Dempa music, maybe even okay, it kind of right. goes in with a lot of that kind of very very urban, very trendy, but also kind of that gritty indie sound. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Um, so anything else, or has it all been uh, world ends with you all the time? Um, well, when I'm at work, I. I've been listening to Great Big Sea lately. They're a Canadian band from Newfoundland. I kind of grew up in that area, so okay, it keep, helps me keep the zen at work, so I don't like flip out and kill people. Oh, that's good. I love yeah. music like that. <laughs> Wait, it isn't your job to kill people? That's a bummer. <gasps> well, someday, but <laughs> <laughs> we weren't supposed to reveal her secret assassin role on yeah. the podcast, Brian. <laughs> Sorry, I always forget these things. Yeah, well, that's okay. You're new to this. <laughs> Great. Um, well. If, unless you've got anything else to bring to the plate. Um, okay, cool. Then then we can move on to the open question. Oh, no! I forgot me! Yeah, I did that too yeah. often. What have you, I been listening, been listening to? to? Well, I've been listening to the Bravely Default soundtrack recently. Mm. Okay. They had a song from that on the Mercado Brothers episode. Uh, did they? Which one was it again? It was the World Map. Oh, yeah. Oh, they even talked about our podcast at that point. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, lovely, lovely soundtrack. Um, it actually was one of my favorite soundtracks of the entire year. Um, and you can hear me defend that position on our, um, on our big, great end of the year retrospective podcast that we put out in January. 
Um, so I won't go into great depth, but I still love the soundtrack. It just captures me somehow. It has this kind of, it has an epic quality with not falling down into that pointlessly epic um, posturing that I think some RPGs tend to do. It's very heartfelt. What's an RPG that postures epically pointlessly? Um, and well, I don't want to be mean now to <laughs> <laughs> any soundtracks. I was let's, just curious. Let's just say soundtracks that try to sound... That either, if they're Japanese, they just wail on an electric guitar until something breaks, or if they're Western, they try to sound like the Lord of the Rings, but don't have the melody of Howard Shore. Okay. So, Fair enough. I, I have a vivid picture. Okay, yes, in general terms. Yeah, I love Bravely Default soundtrack, though. Uh, the other thing I've been listening to is not video game related at all. It's Switchfoot, um, p- probably my favorite band, West Coast, um, very meaningful, at least to me. Sort of alt rock, like I guess. Alt rock with a lot of pop and a little punk. Yes, um, and I went back to an old classic, Hello Hurricane, um, which is just what I needed at the time. It was, cool. uh, yeah, yeah. I go back to that album a lot as well. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's great. Been listening to their more recent stuff in the past few months. Nice to return to, you know, two or three albums ago. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that's been it for me. So now. We can properly move on to the open question, where we take some kind of topic um, and sort of pass it around and see everyone's opinion on it. Like, what is your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I guess we have a couple this week. Um, but this is a thing that Steven initially pitched to me, um, and his was more Pokemon-focused, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, when does a Pokemon song count as a Pokemon song if it wasn't written for Pokemon? Um, and I sort of expanded that a little bit because I knew, Brian, you and I couldn't necessarily keep up with that um specific pokemon bent because we'd be like i don't know i know what the theme song is i can hum it for you um so i'm going to start humming the theme song well i could do that but let's skip that and go on to the actual question which is when does licensed music work for a game and when doesn't it and I think hopefully this will... I have a very good answer for Okay, that. we'll get to that in a second. I'm hoping this can sort of accompany Stephen's more specific question, um, you know, and a little more, in more general terms for us laymen. So, Brian, answer the question. Wait, what? Oh, which question? Well, I thought you said you had a great answer. Oh, for one of the halves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for when it doesn't work. <laughs> okay, I'm awesome. just going to point everyone to a previous episode where we talked about a song from Blue Dragon. Oh, um, that is a really good point. What was the actual song's name? I don't remember. The thing that was really uh, substantial about it, it wasn't technically licensed music, so that, that doesn't quite count, but they got the singer from Deep Purple for it. Yeah. It felt completely outside of the game yeah. style um, because it was basically like a um, 70s rock song just shoved into a JRPG and felt just bad and completely out of place and i think that's the same thing that licensed music can run into when poorly implemented that's a it's that's just, a great point it sounds jarring because it sounds like an outside um outside influence being put into somewhere where it doesn't it belong is. yes exactly okay that's that's a very good point so um let's also it over to steven to kind of begin this because he's the one who kind of uh brought this to my attention so steven what's your answer for this so, just to give a little background, in, in Pokemon, you know, since we've had, uh, especially the first couple of movies, had these, these pop soundtracks, and the sort of the music business thing that happens around these, when you look at a, a movie that has a soundtrack, is that a lot of the songs aren't written um, specifically for the movie. They'll go around and ask artists, they might get like an abstract of the story or something, and they have to decide if they want to contribute a song to it. And that's pretty common throughout a lot of different movies. Um, the, the complicating thing with Pokemon is that not only are there games that have their own music, uh, but the, you know, prior to the first movie being released, there was the 2BM Master album, which is, as far as I know, all that stuff was written specifically for Pokemon. Yeah. And, and so that sort of set up an expectation. And so one of the criticisms of the first movie soundtrack is that, gee, a lot of these aren't really Pokemon songs. Uh, even if people don't know the full story behind how they were written, um, you know, People sort of criticize it on that point that some of these are just songs that were sort of repurposed. And the question is, you know, at what point do those sort of become a Pokemon song? Does it matter if how closely they are associated? Does it matter if there are other versions before and or after mm-hmm. that gain some notoriety? And, and that's sort of the question I kind of wanted to answer here. Um, I'm not sure that we'll come up with a firm answer, but we can hopefully explore the topic. 
And I think that a lot of it, I mean, on a very, on the most technical basis, if a song was created outside of the game or the movie, um, that it's featured in, then it wasn't invented for that medium. And therefore you could say it isn't a Pokemon song, for example. But I think there are two exceptions to that, personally. One exception being, what if it was tampered with or adjusted or edited or re-recorded for the film or for the game? And also, there are, there are a host of people who would hear it in the game or in the movie for the first time in that context. So to them, for all intents and purposes, it is a Pokemon song, for example. Okay, well, let's go through a few I examples. Add a third, actually, if I would, uh-huh. is if if it existed before... And maybe a lot of people wouldn't associate it with Pokemon or whatever franchise, but when it is put into that new context, it fully exists in the world. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel like an interloper from outside. It feels like it belongs. Right. That's so, a good point. I, I would say that it's done very, that's it, it's done very well and Yeah, judicious, judicious yeah. choosing, not arbitrary. Right. We need a song here. Yeah, and when you talk about music business decisions, it's, you know, difficult there because always there's the, you know, the desire to promote the artists and you still have to work from whatever songs you're given. Um, I was looking back through my old interview I did with John Leffler. I did two interviews with John Leffler, one focused on To Be a Master and the other one focused on the first two movies and his work there. From what I understand, the folks at Four Kids, um, when they were, uh, when the soundtracks for the first movie was was being decided on for the the pop soundtrack, they did have at least some input, um, I think, and they did, definitely were involved on in a couple of the songs there. Um, other songs like like um, one song that was written for the movie "Catch Me If You Can," I did an interview last year with one of the the guy who co-wrote it. Um, so there's some information there, but as far as I know. The four kids people and maybe even some folks at Nintendo uh, of America, uh, you know, uh, this was before the Pokemon Company International really existed, um, had some input on the songs that were used. Um, so, yeah. And it gets so muddled and befuddled, right, when these huge corporations are involved, especially in different territories. Like, that's a question I'm curious about. Are the Pokemon soundtracks the same in Japan as they are in America, as they are around the world? Absolutely not. Not really, no. no it, gets, <laughs> it gets really complicated with the first couple movies. So in Japan, they pretty much always have a unique ending song that's used there. The one time they kind of crossed over was movie six, where they did a, a hybrid yeah. Japanese-English version of the Japanese one that they use in the English ending credits, which is a really beautiful song. I wish the English version was available for purchase. Or, or something like that, because it's, it's really a, a nice song. Shisaki uh, Mono, or Make a Wish is the English one. I, I probably butchered the Japanese pronunciation, but they're, they're, they're songs with similar themes and the same melody, um, but, they're, but they're not a direct translation. Aside from that, they're all pretty much different songs. Um, and then it gets a little more complicated because, like, for the second movie in Germany, they recorded an additional song um, by uh, a man by the name of Tommy Thompson, no relation to Wisconsin's former governor. <laughs> Being from there, I would know that name. Um, but uh, he did a, a song called Du bist nicht allein, or You Are Not Alone in German, um, that was added to the German version of the Pokemon 2 uh, or Pokemon 2000, as we know it, soundtrack. And, like, some of the Latin American versions of the soundtracks have additional tracks. Like, for the first movie, there, the Latin American version has a Spanish version of the movie theme. And then for the second movie, they did Spanish versions of a couple of the songs uh, from, from the artists there. So it gets a little bit uh, more complicated there. But the Western stuff has more or less the same soundtrack that it bases it off of, which is the English version. Okay. I get you. And so, so what do you guys think from, especially from the American perspective, because those are the movies we ended up with. How do you think that they handled the music? Like, do you think that, are you like happy with the, with the way they implemented licensed tracks or does it feel weird and forced? I think most of them work. Um, like for example, uh, we're a miracle, which is the, ending th- song from the first movie. Yes, I know there's Don't Say You Love Me, which was featured in the music video, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. 
um, probably. But um, We're a Miracle, I, I did discuss this briefly over email with one of the song's co-writers, was uh, basically part of a series of demos that Christina Aguilera did probably in like late 97 or early 98, uh, when she came to uh, L.A. and met with uh, a couple people there, they recorded some demos, and this was one of them. Um, some people mistakenly think it was written for the first movie because there is an alternate version, but that's all it is. It's just an alternate version of the same song. But the the version that was used in the movie, the lyrics are so well matched to the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that are metaphorical in the move in the song, you know, there, she mentions a storm. She mentions, you know, mm-hmm. all the tears in heaven could bring me back to you. That happens in the movie. And uh, obviously, whoever made the decision to include that one, uh, based on whatever they were sorting through, uh, had a, an abstract or something, some knowledge of the story or, or the plot of the movie in order to make that decision and to have that be the first song in the end credits, um, therefore standing, I guess, for the movie. Yeah. Um, that was a, a good choice there. Um, other ones are, is, I just kind of like musically, like uh, Hey You Free Up Your Mind is a song about music. It doesn't really have anything specific to do with Pokemon. Um, but it, it, I, I like it musically enough. Um, you know, so those are a couple examples there. Uh, Don't right. Say You Love Me is a little bit different. It was technically slightly rewritten for the movie, but that was for age appropriateness. They had to remove a, a, yeah. ki- a kissing reference, which I guess they had not seen the second movie when they made that decision. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, because we couldn't have that, so they had to make a one-line edit. But it's otherwise, the the music video, they have a, an alternate Pokemon version of it, which is kind of neat. Um, the setting of the video kind of allowed for that, um, being set in a movie, a drive-in movie theater. Um, so that's sort of a different thing there. But th- in that case, it's because it was tightly promoted with it, it sort of is a Pokemon song, even though the subject matter of the song doesn't really have too much to do with the movie Um you know, it's it's appropriate for the, the target demographic and all that stuff. But because it was promoted alongside the movie, you know, there is a Pokemon version of the single for that song. Um, mm-hmm. You sort of run into that situation where most people probably, or a lot of people probably do think of it as a Pokemon song, even though thematically its association is kind of tenuous. That's true. And oftentimes, like in these situations, you can point out the songs that don't belong just because there's an uncanny sensibility about them. It's almost like seeing FMV or, you know, full motion video of live actors in a video game. Um, mm-hmm. It's just something seems wrong. And interestingly enough, a game that I was playing just uh, this evening before we recorded the podcast uh, is Alan Wake. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Alan Wake series. I've heard the name. Basically, I know of it. I, I know you know of it, Brian. But thanks for thanks for updating me. It's kind of like a psychological thriller about an author whose book starts to come to life um, before his very eyes. Um, it, it takes inspiration from things be- between Stephen King novels to The Twilight Zone. Um, and I was playing the sequel to that, American Nightmare, um, and it includes FMV and the. Uh, and um licensed music from and uh is it finnish am i right about that brian yeah yeah from poets of the fall that um they're from finland and so i i believe are the developers of the game so these two it's actually one of the somewhat rare instances i can think of wherein a developer contracted a band to make original music about the game right like that's not super common in video games and this is one of the examples of that yeah and i think that was one of the perhaps the best use of licensed music I've ever seen in a video game. Because it felt, felt like these two creators, this band, Poets of the Fall, and this game series, Alan Awake, um, understood each other. Poets of the Fall is a very dark, um, I guess you could say deep, uh, mind-probing kind of music, and the games are the same way. And they added the music into the game at appropriate times. In fact, they went so far as to create fictional characters in the game who are old, washed-out rockers who play music that Poets of the Fall created for them. So that's all this right. kind of synergy going back and forth is really clever and kind of third-wall-breaking. Um, and that's one of my favorite instances of licensed music in a game um, because it just feels so... It's like it was meant to be that way. Um, yeah, that actually completely slipped my mind, but that is my favorite use of licensed music, kind of uh, incidental to the fact that it's what introduced me to Poets of the Fall, who's 
one of my favorite bands. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. That's a that's a very good point. I actually didn't think about it at all. Uh interestingly, that game also <laughs> uses licensed music. Um, just kind of randomly, not music created for the game at the end of each chapter, mm-hmm. and a lot of those songs don't really fit that well. That's true. Uh, it kind of feels like they were just stuck in there. Um, yeah, because they didn't collaborate in the same way. Which is so often how it feels, especially kind of in the older days, like back in the PlayStation 2, Xbox era. I feel like that was kind of a thing. Like mm. the rock well, band. Sports games, yeah. What's the, uh, who made a song for the Republic Commando Star Wars game? Oh gosh, Who Ash, Ash, something, something like that's that. It's not yeah, a Pokemon exactly. reference. I mean, it's like, <laughs> uh, Haze? Was no, it? no, it was. The point is, they made a song called. I'm talking corn. about a different one completely. Oh, oh, Haze. Yeah, Corn made a song for that. So. Yeah, so you had that kind of thing going on. <laughs> yeah, and that so often felt awkward and forced. Totally. Um, I guess. I guess to me, what it comes down to is if a. If a, if a game or a movie can use that music in a creative way, sort of like you were talking about, Stephen, how the, the song fits the themes or the images of what's on the screen, or if you feel like there's a bigger purpose, like it's helping to tell the story, then sometimes it's worth that, um, almost, uh, um, sticking out like a sore thumb kind of mentality that you can get into. Hmm. Yeah. Well, to to yeah, go ahead. To go to another point, to another set of Pokemon songs, I want you you brought up one category, which is where the song was pre-existing, and uh, but the version that's used in there is well associated enough that maybe it's the most famous version of that song or whatever. There are probably at least two examples going back to the first movie soundtrack that that falls into. Uh, one of those is "Somewhere Someday" by NSYNC. Uh, which was originally a song by Jennifer Page, uh, who uh, is best known for, I think, for a song called Crush. Um, and, uh, you know, it was written by Mark Mueller, who is best known for writing the themes to, as I mentioned, uh, as a trivia fact, last time it was on uh, for DuckTales and Rescue Rangers. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, the NSYNC version is probably the most famous version of that song. And so I guess that kind of makes it, 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 the song does mention, I believe, Storm and Tears, um, occurs a couple times in the song for that, that movie. So it, it does kind of fit there. Um, but I, I think an even better example is Making My Way Any Way That I Can, which was, let's see, the original uh-huh. version well, it was originally written by, oh gosh, Diane Warren. Gosh, how did I forget that name? Um, who was an absolutely massively prolific, uh, songwriter. She wrote, uh, just look it up. Um, actually, she also wrote a song called, uh, Faith of the Heart or Where My Heart Will Take Me, uh, which is the theme to Star Trek Enterprise. Um, along with just, she's written something you've heard, trust me. Uh, mm-hmm. But in any case, the original version was performed by Winona Judd on the soundtrack to a movie called The Associate, which was a movie, it starred Whoopi Goldberg, um, and um, it, it was, uh, like I said, the, that soundtrack, you know, obviously didn't sell as well as Pokemon in the first movie, because I think the, the Pokemon was more associated, but there's another version by a woman named Marsha Hines, and then after Pokemon, there was a version done by the cast, uh, or some of the people working on an MTV reality show called Faking the Video. So there's four different versions of the song, but I still think the Pokemon version is the most famous. And the interesting thing about it is that the the song, you know, it has this this chorus, you know, if the river's too wide, I'll get through it. If the mountain's too high, that won't stop this dream of mine. Now, those are metaphorical in the song, but in Pokemon, that stuff actually happens. There are rivers you have to cross. There are mountains you have to climb. Yeah, and uh, that that was that's kind of what makes that song work so well. Um, I mean, I love it when that happens. It, it's it's a rarity, but I don't know if it's a, a coincidence or if people read into it and make those connections themselves, or if people are consciously choosing to put that kind of music into their productions. It's but probably it's, a little bit of all of those things. Uh, like speaking as a fan, and you guys brought up poets of the fall earlier. Like, when you're a fan, once you associate a song with your favorite thing, you ascribe meaning to it, and it will never not be about your fandom. And when you guys brought Pope to the Fall, there's a song they have, Locking Up the Sun. It was never associated with Pokemon ever, but for some reason, I think I saw an FMV or something, but for now on in my head, that is a Pokemon song. (laughs) And with the a lot of the Pokemon soundtracks, 
um, especially the American releases one, maybe the songs weren't all written specifically for the movies, but right. there are maybe half that I have identified with Pokemon and then I ascribe meaning from every season and they continue to always just be reinventing themselves in relevance. Yeah. Um, and then there are others that have never, ever managed to connect me to this thing I love. And so I think, yeah. I think it's definitely a bit of choice by the people compiling the albums yeah. and, and as a fan, what you put into it. Yeah, that's such a good yeah. point. I mean, that even happens when things have never been related in any way, but then my mind makes a connection and it's over. It's like that is a song that means something different to me. So everyone's going to, yeah. I guess, get something different from it anyway. So it's kind of a fun little balance between just putting something popular into right. mm-hmm. into your into your show. And I think there's something to be said for you're talking about how it sticks out like a sore thumb, but that could also be put as, you know, just being a juxtaposition in something you notice as a positive in that like how much are you going to whistle or remember or sing random funny song that plays during episode seven of Pokemon? Like you're just for a normal soundtrack, a non lyrical soundtrack and something mm-hmm. you aren't going to notice or remember. But if you make a kind of a pop song or a typical song in quote marks or you know uh bring in licensed songs that's going to stick with people yeah and emotionally resonate with them in ways that just a soundtrack won't especially because especially in games um you often don't get full vocal slash you know full band treatments mm-hmm. um, so it is something to sit up and remember that's true yeah totally um well, we certainly have not put the nails in the coffin of this. No, there is one thing I wanted to, to bring up though is that uh, one idea I've always wanted to do is to actually go back and and do like a if Pokemon the first movie came out in X year and yeah. like go back to times you know before ninety nine or ninety eight when the movie came out originally and sort of um, actually like pick songs from that year that if the movie or a Pokemon movie that was having this type of soundtrack had come out that year, what songs from that year would you put on the soundtrack? Um, th- are, would, they, are they like still, are Pokemon movies still using popular pop songs? Uh, everything nowadays is in, developed for the franchise pretty oh, much. Um, they'll, they'll bring in guest people to do musical things. Like for the fifth generation, they asked the, the band, the presence of the United States of America to write a song about some of the new Pokemon in the fifth generation. Um, so they brought in some people to, to do that. But as far as using pre-existing, uh, licensed songs, they don't do that anymore. They develop their own stuff. Generally, all it is nowadays is there's usually a, an opening song for the season and then like an ending song for the movie for that year. Um, but it's, it's well, a- yeah. I'm fairly certain that if Pokemon was a little bit older, they would have used some of the early to mid parts of Michael Jackson's career for something. I could imagine that music going along very well with some sort of Pokemon <laughs> opening or ending. Yeah. Well, well, to be a master is an obvious style, uh, I don't know, style parody isn't probably the right word, but style imitation, that particular song of of Thriller uh, with the voice and some of Michael Jackson's other work is very clearly derived from there. Um, So I'm sure they have some fans uh, of the the late pop star on there. Um, Yeah, totally. I could see Bon Jovi right (laughs) now. Oh my gosh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, that would be so epic. Well, like I said, I I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. I'm a big fan of In Excess, and you know, if they didn't weren't lacking a lead singer when Pokemon was popular, they might have gotten tapped to do something for it. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to consider. Yeah. I don't think Guns and Roses would have done any Pokemon stuff. I don't think that's quite the. It really would have depended how, how older kids were when. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I remember I interviewed back in 2005, you know, so like 10 years ago, I interviewed Elliot Sloan from Blessed Union of Souls. They just happened to be doing a concert at the college I was attending. And I did an interview, and he didn't know when they were tapped to do Brother My Brother for the first movie. He didn't know too much about it. But his son, who I guess was, you know, oh. elementary school age, 
engaged or whatever knew plenty about it and was really excited that they would have an opportunity to to do that and really wanted his dad to to do that uh so that was that that's that's one of the things that me influenced it with some of it it'll be interesting like I said, with uh, some of these musicians, uh, you know, now that they have families and stuff, I would love to know what they think of their parents having done something like this. Yeah, yeah I know. Donna Summers has a similar story. Like, her kid was really into Pokemon, and that was kind of her only exposure to it. <laughs> it it's it's the sort of deal where a lot of these people probably didn't know what they were getting into at the time, <laughs> especially some of those really early things, but... Yeah, even in Japan, like nowadays, you know, you get on a Pokemon, you get a Pokemon tie and it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. But in the early days, like, um, one of the big pop stars, Amuro Namie, did a song for the second movie soundtrack. And to this day, it's still not associated with any of her compilation albums. It's never listed in her discography. It's kind of like she was trying to distance herself from this mm-hmm. weird kids show. Might be some it, licensing stuff, because like I said, a lot of like... That's true. It could be that too, but it, it's always been noted that she just kind of never acknowledges her involvement in it. Because the second yeah. you do, you become... You know, yeah, the, the, the Pokemon person. Who, person. <laughs> yeah, like she wanted to be a, a very sexy pop idol was kind of her career trajectory, and she didn't want to be <laughs> Ikimono Gakari, I guess, who are you know associated with smiley, yeah. smiley young people songs. Well, it's kind of the same American version with Miley Cyrus and everything, trying to <laughs> distance from the. Well, it reminds me of like all the actors who were doing Star Wars when they were doing it before they knew it'd be popular yeah. were not happy about it. They're like, "This is so <laughs> stupid. What am I doing here?" Uh, Why am I dressed up as a large furry monkey? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, it would be interesting to know how many how many artists kind of had that mentality because when mm-hmm. you know you are starting out in your career, you do anything for the job. Yeah, that mm-hmm. you maybe would have second thoughts about or or you know have a different opinion about as you get a bit older. Well, one well, interesting I think- thing I wanted to just interject here is that Christina Aguilera, you know, she did do some promotional stuff last year with Nintendo for Tamodachi Life on 3DS. Ooh, that's Ooh. cool. I love Tamanachi Life. That's really awesome. That's cool. All right. Well, it, yeah, and before we move on, everyone go play Tamanachi Life. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> <Right> fun <now>. game. <laughs> um, but we better move on to our news segment. That was a great topic, Stephen. Thanks for inspiring yeah. me. Um, but uh, we're starting to run a little low on time, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rapid fire through our news items today. But I do want to mention. All right. Them. I'm going to respond appropriately. Item number one. This is the most important news item we will ever have on the show. Oh my gosh. The Sonic Runners original soundtrack, Volume 1, has been officially released. Yes! <laughs> We've been talking about this the soundtrack for like, I don't know, four episodes at this point. I love it. It's the Sonic, um, like, uh, so Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, um, Endless Runner. It's not really an Endless Runner. It's an, it's an iOS game, right? It's a mobile game. Yeah. It's an Android game. Um, it's, it's a fine game, but the music is just wonderful. And I was so desperate to listen to it. I, like, found rips of it and, you know, tagged them appropriately and tried to find the very best, most clear versions and made my own loops and everything. Um, And then they just released the soundtrack after that. So that's great. Um, I also wanted to mention that um, Game Chops, which is like an electronic remix um, label, released uh, Splatoons. Which is an album about Splatoon remixes. I was wondering when this was going to happen. I think our last guest, there was like, how many Splatoon remixes are Yeah. Like, not many yet. It's and look, there's already competition. quite lovely. If you like Splatoon, you might like Splatoons. Sure. Yeah, I, like I think we have. I think they put out um, one of the songs that I have on the station right now is, a, which is I mentioned last time I was on. We still have it on there. It's the remix of the Cerulean City theme. I think that might have been them, but I'm not 100 percent sure. It was. Oh, yeah. I'm almost positive. Okay. I have it in my library too. Um, the dance floor one. Yeah, Cerulean Cerulean dance, dance floor. floor. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm almost. I think that was Game Chops and um, I never know how to pronounce his name, but um, Rob KTA. Okay. Yeah, um, it's it's a very good song. Another cool thing to check out. Um, and my last news item is Overclock Remix related. They put out their CEO 2015 Champion album, Aha! Uh, which we heard Sharik talk about a couple of episodes ago, I guess. 
Um, and they they basically put a remix album together for the fighting game um, tournament CEO. And it's a great album. There are really cool people on there like Nutritious and Sixto Sounds and Benjamin Briggs and Flexstyle, who was on the show uh, recently. Great album. You should download it for free. I will do that. Good. I already did. <laughs> and that's it from News for the City. We only have one more segment left. And that might be my personal favorite segment of them all, which is called Train Your Brain. The official train station at eight quiz show. So, Brian, you may or may not have any hope of answering these questions. Probably not. But you guys I have a higher hope for because I have put together a Pokemon (laughs) music quiz for you. This should be good. (laughs) So, I was looking through the soundtracks, right? There are so many Pokemon games, you can't have heard all of the music. Well, even I, I know for a fact have. there's a couple I would not be able to recognize. So, I don't... This is, I have played maybe two Pokemon games <laughs> without this. You've played some more than that, man. Pokemon Stadium, one and two. I've been in the main series. Oh, well, this goes all over the place. It's oh, not okay. just main Pokemon games. have a better chance. So, who knows? Maybe this will be a cinch. Maybe it'll be a bit of a challenge. Um, but you can, you'll have 10 second snippets, um, from six different songs, and we'll see if you can identify what I'm playing. So I am almost positive at least one of these is going to be from Hey You Pete. <laughs> maybe or maybe not. I put the quiz together. In fact, I think all six are going to be from Hey You Pete. You got me. <laughs> that would be easy for me because I did a Let's Play of it a few years ago. So. <laughs> There you go. All right. All right. Well, hope our technology will cooperate. Let me know if you can't hear these songs. But song number one is this. Is it the it's cave with all the Zubats? No. Ah, uh, then I don't this know. This is the Team Rocket hideout underneath the game <gasps> corner in the original Pokemon games, isn't it? Correct. Oh my gosh, you're good. <laughs> that wasn't just like the the what game. Did you say? I was thinking creepy towers. Somewhere. Creepy towers. There, there are a number of those in the Pokemon franchise. Yeah. See, I thought I had a good. <laughs> All right. Well, nice job, Steven. I had a I had wow. a good to get that one, but this one's a little more obscure, and also one that I think Brian might know. Okay. Oh, that's Professor Oak and Pokemon Snap. Yeah, I was Pokemon gonna say that's definitely Snap. Pokemon Snap. Nice. Yep, you got it, Brian. That's the Pokemon report. Where Professor Oak's like, that photo was a little bit crooked, but I like the Butterfree in the background. Yeah. (laughs) All right, good. That's two out of two. So far, you've been nailing this. But here's an even more obscure one, I think. This is a Pokemon Ranger game. You're pretty good at this. <laughs> Do you I know could not tell you which one because we don't play any of the battle music on the station because there's not really a good way to get at it so I can record uh-huh. it. Okay, well, give, give a wild guess. What do you think the context of this it's is? It's probably either the second or the third game. It's either Shadows of All Me or Guardian Signs. It's one of the battle themes. It's, it doesn't sound like a boss battle theme. It seems like more one of the regular Pokemon theme battle themes there, but I couldn't tell you much else. Well, you're close. It is a regular Pokemon battle song. It's just when you encounter a wild Pokemon, but it is for the first Pokemon Ranger. Oh, really? That one? I never finished it. Yeah. I could never get the you have to get all the circles in one pass thing to work for me later in the game. I just got so frustrated. Oh, weird. Um, I never played any Pokemon Ranger Well, Brian, surely that was going to be your second guess, right? Okay. (laughs) Just making sure. (laughs) <laughs> right after Creepy Tower or something. Okay, so that's what? That's two and a half so far. You got the series yeah. right. But song number four... Okay. I mean, it's a battle theme. Yeah, is it, is it black and white? <laughs> no, it is not black and white. Okay. Any other takers? XY... No, it's definitely mm-hmm. not XY. It, it does not sound like 3DS music. Is it? Is it? Is it? Heart Gold Soul Silver? Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. You guys are off. Is that the right generation? Oh, it's Diamond and Pearl, isn't it? You got it. it is Diamond and Pearl? Is and, um? Oh, wow. Is it Wild Pokemon Battle or Trainer Battle? It's probably one of those two. It doesn't sound like the no. gym leader music. Here's here's my one hint. Listen to the kind of weird um backing track to this. Team Rocket. 
Is this a battle versus a legendary Pokemon? No, I, that's actually a really good guess. Who are though. the enemies in that game? Oh, this is oh. Team, this is uh, Team not Plasma. It's the one before that. Team Galactic. Yep, you got it, Brian. You were right. Oh, it was yeah, the, the guitars enemy. have that hard edge that they like. To right. Use it's a, yeah. those guys were weirdos, <laughs> and I always found this song very fitting for them. The enemies are just getting progressively stranger. That's very true. That's very true. So you got it. Took you a while to get to that one, um, but you eventually yeah. made it. Um, like Twenty questions. Of yeah, exactly. We have two more songs left, and one of them is this. Oh, this is easy. This is a Pokemon trading card game. This is the title screen. I'm so happy yeah. you knew that. I know that one. That one I did That's know. one of my favorite Pokemon songs. And oh, yeah. Pokemon well, that, 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 I did a Let's Play of that, too. That's why it's so easy. Mm. I love that game. Did you ever... So, much. so has everyone here played the Game Boy uh, trading card game? No. It's on oh. 3DS Virtual Console. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's surprisingly good. Better than you would think. <laughs> it's probably, I hate game. to say it, it's probably better than playing the, well, the current one, I, I won't make a comparison, but the the original trading card game back in the day, because the, the decks you play against, uh, it's a long story. <laughs> when, when, when you're not playing against uh, real people, it doesn't feel so bad when you beat them horribly um <laughs> i mostly just collected them for the pretty pictures to be oh yeah perfectly honest. even today most of the card sales go to people who don't play the game play the yeah exactly yeah, yeah for the art or- and boy do i love that art can i just say i love those old like 3d renders of, like metapod and oh the 3d renders. no i'm yeah, thinking of what's the who does weedle turn into dang it um kakuna kakuna i love that art yeah that's good stuff um, okay, so that one was an easy one, apparently. But we have one more question. This is Celebi R-A-T-E from the fourth Pokemon dub. You are... <laughs> Too slow. I actually knew that one. <laughs> but you knew it. All right, I'm giving you points for it then. Even though well, that, that's, that's, that's like a pretty easy one. It's uh, Russell Velazquez, who did also the Pokemon World, says the vocals on that. My best guess on that one was some creepy tower song. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly I chose this behind. one because it has some of the most offensively bad slash good wordplay that I've ever oh, really? heard. It's from the movie, um, uh, the one that uh, the Picky Bee podcast is about to put yeah. an episode out for. Yeah, yeah, oh. it's, uh, it should be going up actually tomorrow if with any luck. <laughs> oh wow, that's so tiny yeah, of me. Pokemon Forever. Um, and so what's that movie called again? Um, Pokemon Forever, Forever is the dub oh, title. Okay. It's like Celebi, a timeless title. encounter is like the Japanese. Yeah. And, um, the title of the song is Celebrate, as, as Steve yeah. mentioned, which is a pun on the Pokemon Celebi, I can only imagine, because you go mm. Celebrate for celebrate, and it's just the best. I thought that me- that song was just fine, to be honest. You know, there's uh, there's backmasking in that song. Um, if you actually, towards the end, there's a repeated nonsense phrase. If you reverse it, it just says, I believe, Yo Detour, which is something that's also oh, in the yeah. song forward. It's not any weird stuff uh, or anything <laughs> like that, but it is definitely reversed sound. Yeah, well, I had to throw in one... Uh, movie slash TV show yeah. Uh, question. Yeah, throw me a bone. Out, <laughs> <laughs> out of curiosity, now I'm really, now I'm really curious. What is the best Pokemon movie in your two opinions? The one I liked the most. I mean, the one I enjoyed the most in theaters was 2000. Okay, was that the second? Yes. One? Yeah, okay. some places it was not released one. in the calendar year, so it was it's listed mm-hmm. as Pokemon Two, um, but it is oh, the okay. second movie, the one with Lugia. Uh, that is, that is my best experience in a movie theater ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not my favorite movie of all time. I still think it's very good. Um, right. It doesn't stack up to the wizard. Not quite, but <laughs> uh, I, I'd actually say Pokemon 2000 stuff. is probably, for a broader audience, a more enjoyable mo- movie than The Wizard. Yeah. But I, I like yeah. The Wizard more. <laughs> I've watched The Wizard more than any other movie in my entire life. So... <laughs> But, well, so largely due to, let's all be perfectly honest here, largely due to Steven, <laughs> you guys nailed most of those questions. Um, you got all of them, the wild Pokemon from Pokemon Ranger and the, uh, 
Team Galactic song through a bit for a loop, but the others yeah. were pretty easy. So congratulations! You did Battle music, job. you can pretty much tell pretty easily what it is. Yeah, um, that's true. Um, yeah, I guess we don't play that. We definitely don't play the Team Galactic one on the station. Yeah, that's um, a... It's, it's a real scattershot with some of the... Once once a, a, a thing goes into uh, sort of our archival categories, we pare it down a lot. Um, so we probably have played some version of that at some point, but... But there are so many Pokemon games, and then so many battle themes within each Pokemon game, that it's... <laughs> once you hear that... Diddle, 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 it, that's not enough to narrow it down anymore. <laughs> yeah, it has special knowledge. Um, Alright, but let's bring this episode to a close then. Congratulations everyone for your high scores on the quiz. Um, and that brings us to the outro, where we can plug cool projects we've been working on. Um, for Brian and I, as usual, it's whalesorwhales.com, the network that hosts this fine show you're listening to right now. Um, I would point you towards Hearthaholics, Brian's Hearthstone yeah, podcast. I literally just came from recording an episode. Of oh, that, so cool. That Did he do anything fun on this episode? Did we get like a sneak preview? No, the entire episode is Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It was great. No random quizzes or anything, but it, just a lot of really great discussion. Cool. So. so if you want to learn more about the strategies of Hearthstone Heroes of Warcraft, which is always yeah, worthwhile. Speaking of trading card games. Yeah, speaking of trading card games, go listen to that. Um, otherwise, it's just sort of our normal stuff. You can hit us up on Twitter or Gmail, um, Facebook, even YouTube, um, at train station at eight. Um, how about you guys? Any, any extra shows or, or things, Twitter accounts you want to plug? Well, let's see. This weekend, uh, so when this episode goes up, which should be sometime in the first weekend or, or so of, uh, July, I should be, I'll be at Pokemon US Nationals, should be getting some interviews there. Um, if you're looking for my website, uh, the, the radio station is pirnradio.blogspot.com blogspot.com uh, the the video blog that I have is uh, p-o-k-e-p-r-e-s-s pokepress.blogspot.com so those are sort of my two websites there, Twitter is at pokepress um, I like, to, like I said whenever I find music on YouTube um, that's pretty neat or, or on iTunes or something like that I always try to tweet that out awesome, I like it um, Makuto, anything for you? Um, well, if anyone wants to hear me discuss uh, the fourth Pokemon movie in more detail than it probably warrants, <laughs> you should go to pcappypodcast.blogspot.com, um, and you can listen there. We also have a Facebook and a Twitter that I'm sometimes a little lax about updating. Um, but I also host two other podcasts, um, As the Multiverse Turns, about comic books, and Ongaku Off Gaku, about Japanese music. Oh, fun. Um, I didn't know you did those, actually. Yeah, they're they're kind of new, so we're still kind of trying to find our our stride with some of them. But that's awesome. Well, I will definitely check those out, though. That's that's cool. Yeah, they're both also at blogspot.com. But um, since especially Ongaku Afgaku is such a weird title, um, <laughs> you can find links to both of those from Pikapi Podcast. Well, to make here life at, easy. at Train Station <laughs> at Eight, we couldn't possibly know what weird titles are like. <laughs> <laughs> It's an Animal Crossing reference, everyone. Gotcha. Uh, well, that, that's excellent. That is very excellent. So we have you you out there covered if you want Pokemon resources. <laughs> I think <laughs> we can point you in the right direction. Um, but until next time, uh, we'll say goodbye to you here from Train Station at 8. We'll be back again next week as usual. Thank you, everyone, for coming on the show. That was a lot of fun, and I think I learned a lot as well. Oh, thanks for having us. Of course. It was our pleasure. Um, so we'll see you later, and uh, I, I can't think up a good catchphrase for the end of the show. Um, no, Choo Choo's overplayed. Um, <laughs> oh, I, Pikachu Choo Pikachu Choo. <laughs> Brain references and Pokemon references. Brian, you're a genius. Oh.